Mother's Day is May 9th. Minky Couture is here to help you out. Get the best blanket ever. That is also the best gift ever for Mother's Day with Minky Couture. Sandy and her staff are doing it again. For our listeners, helping you get it right for Mother's Day, get 50% off now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at MinkyCouture.com. That's promo code Zone 50. That's Minky Couture for Mother's Day. Time to welcome in Big T, Thurl Bailey, jazz analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Thurl, good morning. Good morning. Dude, I'm just enjoying hearing you say couture, man. That just sounds nice rolling off your tongue. Say it again. <laughs> Minky Couture. There you go. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, we've been talking. Uh, we've been talking about yeah. the worst. Sequ- I'm here. All right. <laughs> we've been talking about the worst sequels you've ever seen because the Jazz <laughs> lost to Minnesota, right down to a uh, you know the big early lead, the problem shooting the ball in the middle of the game, falling way behind, rallying, taking a one point lead. Uh, a turnover on an attempted alley-oop to Gobert, and ultimately they lost. It was the same game. And I mentioned Mall Cop 2 and PK went nuts. Uh, terrible movie. I heard. Didn't, didn't, wasn't unfortunate enough to see it. I know, I know, they made a second Star Wars and it was great. But the fourth, fifth, and sixth Star Wars were terrible. Yeah, I got lost on Star Wars when, when they started going back. I mean, Right, the whole prequel thing just did that. None, yeah, of, that, just, none of that worked. None of it. No. <laughs> I know, he's going to grow up to be Darth Vader. He's a terrible guy. <laughs> I got it. Well, you know, obviously, you know, those two losses really sting for the Jazz. I mean, I, I've been in situations myself as a player. I mean, I've played a lot of games my career, and, I'm not sure there's a situation I haven't seen or been in, been involved in, and I know how it feels to individually and then collectively come out and play a team that, you know, you you know that you're better than, uh, and record withstanding, you're in a position where teams are just gunning for you, whether they have something to, to play for or not, and. As we saw last night, there was some breakdowns. Jazz had an opportunity. I mean, obviously they had they lost that lead again, and they had an opportunity, and the effort was there to get back into it, and then just some breakdowns at the end. That really, when you think of where we are, where the Jazz are in this season, um, you know, those those kind of things just can't be happening. You've got to be able to not have those fourteen point quarters, and 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 be a lot more consistent. So. You are uh, very calm at all times, you know, and I've seen that uh, thing with NC State, and I think it was Sidney Green saying how he was going to take it to the guy with the goggles. And I know you weren't wearing goggles then, but for entertainment purposes, just stay with me here. <laughs> and, you know, you didn't say anything, and and we, we went through that. I've seen it multiple times. But I got to know, you know, inside you were burning, and your way of expressing it publicly was not like mine to scream and yell, and you were a calm dude, and you still are. Uh, but what do you think these guys are thinking internally now? Because it seems like the whole world, as far as the basketball world goes, are doubting these guys. Well, you can't discount the body of work. I mean, the Jazz are still in a great position, right? And this is the NBA. There's some really good teams out there. The West is obviously going to be tough, and um, you still have games to play. And so – when you're in a situation like that, I know with me internally, I was, you know, I, I couldn't be the same player 
the same person when I was out there on the court. You know, I had to take that nice guy, um, however you described it, and, you know, and and play, you know, differently and, and go out and be physical and go out and, and play my game. And, you know, I don't, we can go out to dinner after the game, but right now it's all business. So I think as an athlete, players kind of internalize it differently, but collectively is really going to be the key. You talk about the breakdowns you have. Obviously, I think the Jazz will watch the film. And uh, you heard Rudy last night about that defensive mistake. Uh, he owned it. And that's I think that's the first part of it, is owning it and, and really knowing these guys and, and, and what we've seen to this point, right? I mean, two games don't make a season. I mean, you're going to look back. These two games hurt for sure. But I think we've seen the Jazz time and time again uh, bounce back from defeats, you know, albeit uh, these two from a team at the bottom of the heap. But, um, yeah, I think I think we know these guys well enough to know that, you know, they love to play and they love to compete and they love to figure things out. That's the way, that's the way Quinn coaches. What is it we have to do? And it hasn't happened the last two games, but you know, I don't know if – we ought to be saying, well, things are falling apart just because we lost to an NBA team with nothing to lose and, and uh, you know, and came out and beat the Jazz two games in a row. PK and I have been entertained all year by one stupid little thing. But, I mean, you know us, so you know how we are. So you're not surprised by that. Um, <laughs> Matt was Matt Harpin was calling the game, and... Uh, he was trying to say law of averages, and he said law of numbers. And we do enough live radio and have said enough dumb stuff that we can totally identify with that. You know, your vocabulary, it just the word eludes you in the moment, right? But for whatever reason, I li- and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making this up, I love law of numbers. I now use it just to crack PK up whenever possible. I love to work it in. And, P- and, and the law of numbers, if you go big picture, you said body of work, right? The yeah. Jazz are winning about three-quarters of their games this year. So they had a nine-game win streak, and they've now gone 6-6 six and six in their last 12. Now, I don't want to get too wound up on two games. 6-6 six and six is a bigger chunk, and i got to say it's concerning because you want them improving and playing their best ball, and clearly at 6-6 six and six you're not. But if I go back a little more, I hit that nine-game win streak, and now they're 15-6. and six. So really, over a big period of time, I think the message Quinn has to get is, this is who you are. You're not better than 15 and 6, and you will mess up games, since we're on the radio, you will mess up games <laughs> to get back to basically who you've been in this body of work. So you're not just the team that won nine in a row, because you're not really that good. But you're not as bad as you've shown us, stinking up these last two games, and you've stunk them up horribly. You know, that 15 and 6... That's really who you are over the course of a season. That's the win pace you've been at since Christmas. So now, can they shake it off? Everybody screws up. Everybody loses. You're old enough to remember faux, faux, faux. You know which year and which playoff series, right? And they didn't do it. They went 4-5-4. Even those Sixers messed up a game, and Moses Malone wasn't right. But they shook off the one loss and annihilated everybody. So... Do you think the Jazz have the mental toughness to just shake this off and start win going forward? Because if you do, then this stuff never matters. It just doesn't matter. Well, what's their other choice? I mean, <laughs> I mean 
to go lose yeah. to Sacramento and make a bunch more mistakes and be afraid to shoot three-pointers in the third quarter because they've missed a bunch. That's what I don't want to see again. Yeah, and, and that, I think that was really out of character for them. You know, I think uh, to see one guy do it, maybe you get it. But to see several guys question what I believe they're really good at, um, and I get I get it. If it's not working, you need to try something else. I, mean, I thought George Yang just came in and and was that guy who said, "Look, this is <laughs> this is what we need. This is what I'm good at, and I'm not going to change." So I don't think that was the character of the team that we've been seeing, win or lose. Um, and you talk about the law of numbers. Uh, you know, this game has gotten so much in analytics, and I, I know they have their place. Um, but, you know, we're talking about a team that has had an incredible season, including, you know, everything, right? I mean, being a great team means that you figure out how to get through the the difficult times because you're going to find them, right? There's just going to be those given nights when you and PK have a bad broadcast, right? I mean, you know, it just just happens. Or, you know, me and a a limo or me and – being bowler screw up. So I think this jazz team, I think we've really seen who they are. And I think the law of numbers at the time, like, you know, when they're going on these win streaks, is that really the jazz or is this a fluke? No, I, I think it's really them. I mean, I think the philosophy works. Uh, it's, it's a high risk philosophy sometimes because the three is not going to fall, but that's when your defense you know, really has to kind of equalize things. But yeah, I agree. I, mean, I, I agree that this team has to, or Quinn has to look at this team and say, say, look where we are, look what we've accomplished. We've got a lot of work to do to, you know, to stay in that top spot or to, to have that top spot, to have an opportunity to, to, to continue to move on and win this championship. But, yeah, I, I, I think we, we've seen that we saw the worst of the Jazz in these last two games. So I'm watching the game, the second game, and I'm watching Jordan Clarkson take a bunch of shots and missing. And I'm thinking to myself, pass the ball. Well, I look at the box score; he's got eight assists. And and then I was talking about how uh, I get up uh, early the next morning and I'm reflecting upon it. And I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to talk about at work today? And I'm thinking, I, I've sort of changed my mind. I'm, actually, I have changed my mind. I'm thinking, Jordan, by all means, man, keep firing away because that's what this team uh, needs, and that's how you help get this team to where it is and number one in the standings and all that stuff. So I'm totally fine with it. My only criticism is I don't want to see bad body language. you know. And I reflect back on uh, Gordon Hayward. I thought he had some bad body language sometimes. Now, he wasn't with a good team at the time, so maybe that uh, attributed to it. But if you miss 10 in a row, I, I want you to be cocky. I want you to keep firing away. And think that uh, don't show any weakness in your in your appearance in your body language. What do you say to that? Well, I, I think sometimes it's hard not to show frustration at something that you know you're you've been really good at. Um, and you know, Jordan Clarkson has had his moments, and I, I kind of had this discussion through social media with a guy who talked about you know Jordan needs to stop taking those shots. Um, he's not the same Jordan Clarkson as he was first half of the season. And I'm thinking, well, the same, the same Jordan Clarkson you're talking about, um, at, 
the beginning of the season, you're criticizing him now for taking the same shots but missing them. Right? So my point was, Jordan Clarkson has the ability and the freedom to really um, to really put his mark on a game. Now, Jordan Jordan doesn't get enough credit for the for the work he does on the other end of the court. Um, but his job, and I can relate to this as a six man. I mean, you go back and look at some of my games. You know, when I I was struggling one for eleven or two for twelve. You know, I I definitely wasn't going to stop shooting. I wasn't going to try to go outside myself and step out in the three-point line because that just wasn't my game. But Quinn has given J.C. freedom to go out and play a total game and offensively to be himself. Um, so, you know, you can't cheer for him when he's rolling and, and getting those potential six-man accolades, and then when he's struggling, say, stop shooting. That's, that's ludicrous. Um, but you're right. I mean, you've got to be able to, uh, you know, to personally go go through those things without getting frustrated, you know, outwardly because it, I think it just kind of exacerbates the problem. But every athlete goes through it. I mean, we've seen Rudy pick up a few texts because he gets a little emotional with the refs, and um, but he's I think he's getting better at it. But each each player I think uh, has the support of all the other guys. I think that's what makes this team special as well. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if we get Donovan back soon, I think this team will start uh, clicking on those cylinders again. They have to. They have no other choice. Big T Thurl Bailey joining us, and I am interested in your take on the Suns. Uh, you know, as Chris Paul plays great late in his career, it seems like a couple things happen here, Thurl. One, you know, mentally you get so much better. All the scars, all the failures, all the times you didn't break through when you were – 25, 26, 27, and you're 33, 34, 35, you, you do amazing stuff, and yet you constantly hear the window is closing because you never know when someone's productivity is just going to fall off a cliff, especially if you're one of the smaller guys, right? And it happens yeah. to big guys, but especially when you're one of the smaller guys. So are you surprised when you see the stuff he's pulled off this year? Are you surprised at how good the Suns are? Do you trust him to stay healthy in the playoffs because he's had a lot of postseason injuries? Big picture, what do you think about the Suns and Chris Paul? Well, I, I knew that the Suns would be better with the addition of Chris Paul, and, and he was going to elevate Booker's game as well. But, you know, I say this about Mike Conley as well. I know we're talking Chris Paul now, but I think they're kind of in that same category is that, you know, at some point your physical skills are going to start waning. Whether you were, you know, fast or could jump high, those things are going to dial down. Dial down. But if you can grasp the, you know, the IQ part, right, the part where you're taking your time and everybody else is, you know, running around, and you're finding your space. Chris Paul, to me, is is probably still one of the best mid-range players that I've ever seen, especially being that size and being able to get his shot off when he wants on anybody he wants. He's kind of a slower version of a Steph Curry in that area. But, um, yeah, I mean, you saw what he did against the Knicks, very clutch player. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of knocks on him. Right on teams that he's been on, but I think he's proven. And heck, he's making forty-one million dollars, so he's got to <laughs> go out and continue to prove his worth. But 
uh, yeah, I mean, he has really been that guy, that glue. And part of that is being being able to accept that you may be not the man, but you kind of are, right? I mean, Booker is the is kind of that that all star for that team, but Chris Paul is okay with it, and I think that's part of it. I'm okay with with you know making you better and you getting the limelight, and I'll get it every once in a while, like against the Knicks last night. But I think he's at the point of his career now where you know he really wants to win, get to that next level, and he'll do whatever it takes. Do you or do the Jazz, either of you, the Jazz and you, do you care who they play in the postseason? Um, I didn't really care. I mean, we it was it was discussed, right? Um, it was discussed about matchups, and and you look throughout the course of the season and see who you've matched up with, and not necessarily beat all the time, but. See who who you've matched up with and and who gives you trouble, but I don't think there's an outright uh, conscious thinking of no, I don't want to play those guys. Uh, but I didn't really care. I don't really think the Jazz care. I mean, I I think knowing what I know about Quinn, it really is about getting the very best position you can, right, and getting home court advantage and getting those things that. That, that assist you in winning. But I'm not sure the Jazz really care. I mean, we, we can go through the list and say, ah, I don't know if we want to meet those guys right now. The Lakers are dropping, and you know we might get them early. Um, but yeah, that's a good question, PK. I, I, don't, I don't know where the Jazz stand on that, but I'm going to lean on the side of they don't, they don't really care who it is. They just want to be in the best position when the time comes. Don't you believe there's five really good teams in the West and you don't know, obviously one of them is going to get knocked out before the first round. The Lakers will probably play the Nuggets and one of one of the good teams in my mind will get knocked out. And then in the second round, anything can happen, regardless of who the favorites are. Anything yeah. can happen. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, under the circumstances with the play-in games and, and those kind of things, the teams are, I mean, look at what Steph's doing with the Warriors right now. I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty good feat right now to, to step in and, you know, play those games, uh, play a, a series against that team um, if they come out of, you know, the playing game. So you're right. I mean, anything can happen. I think we've seen it. Uh, I think we've, we've seen enough of some of the top teams going in and, and um, you know, starting out really good beginning of the playoffs and then like similar to what the jazz did um and also another and similar to what denver did in the bubble just uh being a totally different team look what the brooklyn nets are doing i mean yeah they've got some great players on that team but um you know they're they're looking at winning a championship that's what they that's why they put that team together and so you're right i mean Anything can happen, and I think that's why the Jazz are really, it's really important for them to get back on that winning streak in the way we've seen them, and also, more importantly, guys, get healthy. So you had a birthday earlier this month. Is life better at 60? Life is great at 60, man. I mean, I, you know, 50 was a, was a big number, but 
60, you're like cruising, right? I mean, you're like on your Harley going up in the canyon and just, just cruising and taking in the sights and enjoying your family and sitting back and and enjoying what you do work-wise and working with great people. So, yeah, 60 is good. 60 is a good number because, you know, um, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> And do you really think it's all downhill, or do no. you feel like you're going to – I feel like you're more on the backstretch of Daytona. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. You Analogy. are just dropping the hammer. You get to do what you want, largely, right? Your kids yep. are, are mostly grown and gone? Yep. Or completely grown and gone? No, he's still got one. They're mostly. Mostly. Got one more. Right, you got one more. Okay. Well, yeah. So I think you got more free time than you had. You're smarter because uh, just like NBA teams and NBA players, you've learned lessons that have come before, right? You're not you're not repeating the mistakes. Times are yeah. good. You got a better idea, big picture, where things are going. Wait, how old are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm a few years younger than you. What are you talking about? I'm not that much younger than you, but I'm younger than you. But I'm not that much younger than you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, not, it's, it's, I'm not it's 60, big, but I can see it from where I'm standing. You can see it, right? <laughs> yeah, Through my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Thurl. Man, you dropped multiple law of numbers and then a through my eyes. Well played. Through my eyes. <laughs> through my eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> see, you wouldn't have pulled this off at 40. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Oh. All right, Big T. We'll let you go. It was good having you on. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again, and we'll see more of you as the uh, as we get closer to the playoffs. Here, the countdown is on. We're not to single digits left in the regular seasons, but we're getting there. Eleven games left now. That's right. Do you remember when we used to count them down, baby? Yep, yep. Count them down. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, have a oh good before one. we go, before Uh-oh. we go. Oh, this is real important, and I feel bad I didn't bring it up till now. Uh, Dodger dogs are no longer going to be. Uh, Farmer John Dodger Dogs. They've had a party in the ways over money, as it turns out, at Dodger Stadium. Which, if you're in Southern California, everybody, they, they sell like three million Dodger Dogs a year. PK was talking about how when he goes to games, he can't believe the first time I went to a game that I didn't have a Dodger Dog till like the third inning. He said, you should have one before the game, and then you should have one in the second, in the fourth, in the sixth, in the eighth. I mean, how many hot dogs... How many hot dogs could one person eat in one game? Go for the record. Go for the record, DJ. Go for the record. I've seen you, baby. Was it six or eight you threw down on the set? Uh, I think it was eight. Oh, we had it, what was the bet? Was the bet that it was uh, 10 or 12? It was a spontaneous thing. Pace and Thurl and I were doing jazz pre-half and post back in the D-Will era. And it was a road game, and there was a show or a concert or some reason there was something going on, and the concessions was open. And somehow it came up about you know my appetite and how many I could eat, and suddenly it was on. It was on, man, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. And it got preempted. Because the game was late. They must have been on the West Coast. And none of us took into account the concession stand was going to close. And all yeah. of a sudden it was over. They just rolled it. And I was at like eight. But I can tell you, PK, there's a lot of sodium in those things. And then you drink a lot of water and you're real uncomfortable. And it's just yeah, like, we, wait we, a minute. Am I like 18 and a freshman in college? How stupid am I? Yeah, I'm uh, glad we didn't get to see the post game on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was a good Woo. time. Yeah, right? Yeah, and th- and 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 the, and the thing is, you were you were part of the problem. But man, Pace, he was just egging me on some, and I was just totally all in on it. It's stupid, and yet entertaining. Yeah. All these years later, very entertaining. I'd all like right, to see it again. 
<laughs> Thanks, Big T. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you.